0: Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. I got to tell you guys, you probably hate
1: me. And I don't mean hate me because I'm annoying. I get that. I I don't take that personally at all. You probably hate me because if you're trying to sell to me, I'm that guy (sighs) I like to negotiate. And yeah, you know, hey, I've sat here and I've told you what you need to do. You need to set the value up front. If you set the value up front, if you properly qualify me, you understand my pain. You actually are able to quantify the pain. So Daryl, that problem you're having. How's that impacting you? Is there a financial consequence? Is there an operational consequence? Is there a competitive consequence? Talk to me and we, well, it's probably killing me by 10%, Well, 10% of what? 10% of a million bucks. So hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. hundred thousand dollars. I, now you think about it. I think you're right. I think, I think my pain is worth a hundred thousand dollars. And you come back and say, well, I can say this for $50,000. And I say, I don't want to pay $50,000. And you say, well, I set the value at hundred K so what am I missing here? That's 50 K in the first year more in your pocket, let alone year two, but whatever, you know, you get the idea. You set the value up front and makes it much more difficult for me to negotiate. And for many people that works, it genuinely does. And you need to do that. That's just like best practice. But here's the thing. Here's what people don't tell you when they say, you got to set value, you got to set value, you got to set value. What they don't tell you is this, if you're selling to me, you may have noticed I had gray hair and in fact, my kids would say it's long past gray. It's just white. So what does that mean? That means I've been doing my gig for a long time. And when I've been doing it for a long time, like when you're selling to Vito, that very important top officer, then we know what you're doing. We're onto your game. We know when you're trying to set value that you're trying to set me up further down the road so you can justify your price. You need to know that. You need to know there's a good chance we know what you're doing. We bought so much stuff. We could probably do the sale for you. We can anticipate your next step. But let's fast forward. You got me, I'm interested. You've made a great business case, great value prop, I'm active. I've got you know the whole team on board. We've had technical due diligence. We've had financial due diligence. We have operational due diligence. Everybody's bought in. We have consensus. You've upsold me. We've gone from one license to 12 licenses. You sold on the bonus, the extra Cadillacs and everything else. You, you, my friend have done textbook selling. I applaud you. But now we're at that final point, that final point where you're going to put that number in front of me and you say, okay, hey, on I've done all, you know, you've got all these options and widgets and whatnot. And here we go. And we did the, the proposal, boom, there's your price, Daryl. Just shall I send you the sign now? Let's just get this over with. We can onboard you this week. And that's when I say to you, yeah, no. Yeah, I understand the business case. I really understand it, but I'm not going to spend $50,000 on that. And here's why and guarantee you, I will have a really good answer. Why? Because again, I have white hair and guarantee you that what I'm saying to you is partly from me, but partly from others guarantee you that my CFO or my CEO or my COO has said, yeah, Darrell, can you just hammer them that much more? And I need to go back and show a win. I need to show that I can negotiate. I need to show them that I was able to do what I was able to do. I also guarantee you that many of my colleagues, perhaps me, were not so good at conveying the very business case that you made with me to justify this investment. So while you're relying upon me to communicate to them the very benefits of this and the the ROI, you know what? I may, I may not. My schedule is busy. I don't really care. I'm not the best at communicating. You know, I understand it intellectually, but me verbally, I suck at communicating it. And you know, you didn't go talk to them. So you didn't convey it because you dropped the ball, which is a whole nother question. Why didn't you talk to them? It's all about negotiation right now, kids. This is where you're at. So in past shows, we've talked about how to avoid getting here, but now you're here. So what do you do when you're here? Well, Wouldn't it just be interesting that the other day my good friend, Scott Lees did a wonderful, wonderful post on LinkedIn. And it starts off by saying, you don't have to discount or alter your contract terms, at least not all of you. So in this post, he does a wonderful story. You should check him out in my, by all means, go follow him on LinkedIn. My God. Okay. Between you and I, I side side story he's annoying as hell because he's freaking everywhere i'm like scott least out you know anybody else here scott least out because he's just like everywhere and i say out with a canadian accent yes i know so there's a reason why he's everywhere because of nuggets like this so i said to myself hey i saw myself in that post and i said i gotta get him on now, here's the irony i want to get him on so he can teach you How to deal with guys like me and maybe secretly i'll listen to what he's saying and if you're specifically selling to me guys i may do some voodoo magic that counteracts what he's doing but that's another day scott my friend welcome back to the show glad to have you here you're all smiles for those who are on the audio only version he has got his wonderful hat on he always does his kick-ass beard he's smiling i'm told he's told the kids stay off the gaming system so we can have amazing quality here. So he is committed.
2: Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me back. I'm sorry that you're Scott Leased out. <laughs> <laughs> you are everywhere. I've taken lessons from
1: you. I'm like, how the hell did he get on that show? Who the hell invited him over there? Why aren't they calling me? You know, basically I have envy. I, I am a small man, Scott. I just want to be you when I grow up.
2: Wow, you're everywhere. Well, it's definitely exhausting, but it's a lot of fun. at at the same time, especially right now. When you love what you do and you're passionate about things, it's easy to talk about them and get to have fun conversations with different people from all over the world. So sorry to say I don't intend on slowing down much anytime soon.
1: (laughs) Scott, if you don't know him, he's the CEO of Surf and Sales. He's a killer sales trainer, six-time startup sales leader, 3 times top 25 AISB inside sales leader, twice founder, one-time author, and of course, beyond that, he's got a killer retreat he does in Costa Rica that I think he does just so he can go down there and hang out. But that's just my biased opinion. So he's the machine. He's got a fantastic podcast too. Him and Richard Harris be another The Surf and Sales podcast. I've been blessed to be on it. It's a really good show. The two of them actually are really good complimentary perspectives and personalities. So if you're listening to this show, clearly you like podcasts. If you haven't subscribed to the Surf and Sales podcast, that's my shout out to you to say give it a listen. I think you'll like it. I know I like it. It's really informal. It's really informal. That's what I like about it. A lot of storytelling, a lot of anecdotes, a lot of back and forth. So you'll like it. It's a good listen. Scott, I got to ask, Yeah. I mean, uh, this post jumped off the page at me, but there's always the story behind the story. What was the catalyst? What led to this post? What's the background? And you allude to a bit of this in your post. So maybe just bring us up to speed. Yeah,
2: well, it's a true story and it just happened last week. So I'm the interim CRO for a company right now in the automotive industry that sells a digital retailing solution. So it's really kind of right place, right time. Exciting company, exciting product. It's called GetProdigy.com, and they're helping dealerships sell cars online. So it's a small team. There's three SDRs, three AEs, and so we got a bunch of inbounds, too much for the AEs to handle demos for. So I put this little contest in place where the SDRs would have a chance to run some demos and do the full cycle for the first time. And so this relatively new SDR does a great job, runs through the demo and gets a contract out. And the contract is you know mid five figure kind of deal. So kind of you know standard you know mid low mid market kind of uh, kind of deal. And you know he's all excited. And this is like late Thursday evening, and they're supposed to follow up on the next day on Friday. And so all of a sudden I get some messages on Slack that's like, hey, the guy's ready to do the deal and sign, but he wants to do 30% off. And I'm like, no, there's no reason for us to do that. I don't understand why we need to do that right now. We've got a premium product. We're the fastest growing company in this particular space. We've got a lot of wonderful testimonials. We've got a lot of clients coming on board. I think that you need to go back and, and have another conversation about the value that we provide and specifically the value that you'd be able to provide them and the ROI that will come their way and the the pain that will come off of their table and so forth. And so, you know, he's like disappointed and he's all right, you know, and then his manager reaches out to me and tries to defend the, the rep, which, you know, any good sales manager is probably going to do, especially they're trying to help this person get their first deal. And so a couple hours go past and then I get pinged again. And this time it's both of them on the phone calling me and They've come up with some new kind of fandangled contract structure where there's nine months worth of free trials of different products that have been a la carte put together it's just this like whole thing that we don't do and i'm like guys this is not gonna fly okay i hate to be the bad guy here but um you've got to go back to the beginning and start over this is not a deal and they're like yes it is a deal like this is a deal that guy's ready to sign i'm like no don't have a deal at all. So you've got nothing to lose here. So please stop telling me that you're about to lose a deal because you don't even have a deal. You've pieced together something that makes no sense and doesn't fit into our structure and everything. So they're all pissed off at me. They got their teammates to be a little upset with me as well. So I've got six to eight people who are annoyed with this new interim CRO who's not being helpful in their eyes. So I told him to go back and get the guys on the phone, the prospect on the phone and, and resell. And I don't hear anything the rest of the day on Friday. I don't hear anything on Saturday. And all of a sudden at 1030 in the morning on Sunday, I see a signed contract come through. It's this guy's contract. It's full price. It's the full contract term. There's no shenanigans going on or anything. And you know, then I get this slack message that says, you were right. And we got the deal. And I'm super fired up, pump for the team and for this kid. you know. And, and I hope it's a really good lesson for the whole team and for everybody out there that if you've done your job right, the value should be clear and powerful. The ROI should be clearly communicated and understood by the prospect. And you've got to just be willing to hold the line. And I think people right now are a little gun shy, think that businesses might be strapped for cash and deals maybe are hard to come by and you know we should be super flexible and all this kind of stuff and th- there might be some truth in that and I, I would never say that every deal and every industry is the same but you don't have to discount you know, not everybody you you can hold the line you can push back and you can go back in the sales process i think people are terrified of the thought of going backwards in their kind of sales process and in their stages if i've gotten all the way to the contract stage Why would I ever go back to discovery again? And why would I go back to discussing the pain and the the problems? And why would I have to go back to discussing the value? So it's really important to know that sometimes you have to go back in order to move forward with the deal. And, you know, as different as the environment is out there right now, some things are the same. And I would have given this same advice, you know, pre-quarantine. And I really encourage everybody, and not just account executives, but their bosses as well, to help their AEs hold the line and not be intimidated over, over price because it has real meaningful impact, not just on your, your quota, but also in your wallet.
1: So you've hit some interesting points that I want to talk to. And I'm going to speak as a buyer, not just a podcast host, if you will. Remember how we opened this up folks? I said, forgot to set the value and and do all the, the song and dance you should have done. And and now you're here and you recognize what you should have done. It's too late now because now you're here. What do you do? Scott just gave you the answer. You give a great story, but the answer is real simple. You go back. Now you don't want to go back. I get that. I truly get that because you're risking losing the deal and you might lose the deal. But how many has Scott's story ended? Will you get? I suspect you're going to get a lot more than you're going to lose. So yeah, you got to go back. He's spot on. Now, I do want to share a buyer's point of view, though. I I mentioned that I want to share a buyer's point of view here. So you understand I'm I'm not just trying to be a dick and discount. All right, because I think if you understand me as a buyer better, you'll understand where I'm coming from. You're looking at it solely from your point of view. I've put all this time in. I've set the stage. You said this, you said that. I construed that as a full stream ahead. Why are we now negotiating on price? You're being a dick. No, no, I'm not. If I save money here, you know, it makes a $50,000 deal. The example we use, but if I can get it for $40,000, that's $10,000 I can invest elsewhere and help my company grow. And if my company grows, I'm going to come back to you for more seats or more add-ons. See how that works? If I'm successful, you're successful. That's what I'm thinking. All right, that's what I'm thinking. The next thing is, Value is going to be subjective and your view is bias. So you need to understand where I'm coming from. And by the way, yes, yeah, sometimes my views biased too, but it's not just your point of view. Now, here's the last thing buyers will never tell you. We actually, secretly, deep down, we respect. We're going to push hard. We're going to try to intimidate you. We're going to try to use the age card, the experience card. We're going to threaten to leave and some of us will do it. But as a whole, when we hang up, this is what we're doing. Son of a, why the hell won't he discount? Damn him. Doesn't he understand? I've got another offer. I have another vendor out there. <sighs> but I wanted you. I chose you. I'm emotionally invested in you. I've talked about you to my peers. So that's where I'm coming from. Help me get a good deal. Now, in that case, I, you know, Scott, I'll be telling you, I wouldn't have paid full pop but I would have wanted something. Cause yeah, I, I need, I need something. Maybe it's full pop, but you give me a little extra somewhere else. I need to be able to show a win somehow that there was a negotiation. What do you respond to that on? I need a, me as a buyer, I need something from you.
2: I think that's totally fair. And I think it's appropriate. I think that price and contract term and everything just ends up being a mutually agreed upon number that makes sense for both parties. So, I expect you to want something, right? And I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. So, if you are going to push back hard on me, Daryl, two, three times on this, then I think it's completely within my right to ask for something, some type of favor or quid pro quo. So, I might ask you to quid
1: pro quo.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) might ask if you'd be willing to do a a case study for me or a testimonial or appear on uh, yeah i think that that's fine because you're getting a bit what you want and i'm getting something that i want and i need well you're getting something that you need that will help your business i presumably would also be getting something that would help my business and help me get future deals so i think it's that ask and i don't think that ask happens enough i think that aes and sellers too often get the pushback from somebody like you, who's a seasoned buyer and they buckle and they get nervous and they're like, this guy's going to go away. The deal's going to disappear. And it's like, hold on, take a deep breath. He's not going anywhere. He's having this conversation, presumably because he knows we're a premium product out there. He knows that we are the vendor that he wants to choose. He just needs to show that he's done his diligence and show his boss that he gets a little win under his belt and his ego needs a little bit of a win as well. So I think just in having that dialogue and, and that back and forth, it's a hundred percent possible to land on something that makes sense for both parties. For the account executive, even if I end up discounting for Daryl, it might not be the 30% that he was asking for. But what if I got him to take only a 10% discount and do some of these things that I've asked him to do. I tell you what, Daryl, I'll do the 10% discount, but I need you to agree to be on our podcast or show up on this webinar for us, do this case study for us, write a testimonial once you know, you're onboarded, the product is implemented and it's going well and that kind of thing. Is that something that is gonna make sense for you and leave you feeling like you're in a good place and got what you wanted?
1: And the answer is hey, gonna be yes, every sense. time,
2: yeah. A 30% discount is very different than a 10%. I have this private sales coaching client based in Australia, and he sells for, I believe the second largest CRM in the world. So you can do the math and figure out what company might be talking about. But we walked through his entire catalog of deals that he's closed in 2020 so far. And he has an average discount on each particular deal of number X. I won't say what number. So I had a conversation with him and I was like, let's figure out the difference it would have made in your quota attainment. And then in your wallet, if you would have, instead of giving away X discount, you gave away nothing. And then if it was not X, but it was Y discount, what would that look like? And with the math that we did, there's $24,000 pre-tax, $24,000 in extra commission that this particular guy could have earned. Not from going from his current average discount to no discount, but just from going from his current average discount to a smaller discount number. It really, really has a huge impact on on your commission check. And I wish people who are selling right now would take some time and do that math to really understand the impact that it's having.
1: Okay, so we're gonna take a quick break. We're way behind schedule and that's okay because this has been a killer conversation. I will squeeze this in and then I wanna come back. I'm gonna explore that more and I wanna throw something out here when we come back as well so to hook you on what else you should be asking for if you have to negotiate beyond that case study or being on the Surfing Sales podcast. Don't go anywhere, be right back. CRM
3: was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free
1: at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, so I want to come back to the whole compensation impact, but one of the things I'm surprised you didn't say, and I'm going to kick myself in the ass for doing this, but beyond everything in that negotiation that you can ask for in that give and take about case studies or podcasts or, or press releases or whatever it might be. And by the way, every single one of those things, put them in the proposal in writing. It's not a gentleman's agreement anymore. Do that. You can ask for referrals or I'll give you a discount. Look at Scott's got a big smile on his face. but to get this discount, I need three names from you, a trusted people who you know directly firsthand, you know, like best buds that you think would be worthy of a consideration and whom you will have a conversation, you will make an introduction for me, you do that and I can make up the lost revenue perhaps on one of them, or at least start a conversation on the road. Still ask for the case studies and the press release and the podcast, but ask for the referral. Too many of you don't do that. I hate giving referrals because then my reputation is in the line and it's out of my control because if you botch the deployment, then it's on me. So you got to make sure you preempt that. Okay. You talked about the consequences on my check and that is huge. My take home. Now, the one thing is I don't want to feel like a transaction to you as a buyer. I don't want to feel like I'm taking money out of your pocket but I do want value. So you can't make me feel guilty about the consequences of that. But the reality is you're right, but here's the kicker. And you talked about it many times, the leadership, the sales manager is behind the rep saying, yeah, give the discount, which is affecting not just your take home, but it's affecting the company's profits and margins as well, which affects their growth. So how do you change that culture and i know this is a bigger picture this is not just one rep how do you change that culture
2: as a rep how would i change the culture if i had as a a, rep,
1: <clears even throat> as a, you know fractional cro both of them
2: well I, I actually think it's significantly easier as a fractional cro or, or a head of sales to change the culture because you're the one who's setting the tone for the whole organization if you allow your sales managers to kind of get pushed around on price or contract term and things like that. And you're not teaching your sales managers to teach the AEs to ask for referrals and ask for case studies and testimonials and things like that. Then you're doing everybody in the whole organization a disservice. So significantly easier, I think, to make that change in a leadership role. If I'm an AE right now and my manager is pressing me to take the discounts and just get the deal over the line at any cost. I candidly am questioning this particular sales manager's motivation, because just as you as a buyer didn't want to feel like a a transaction or feel like dollars and cents, I don't want to feel that way to my sales manager. And so I'm thinking, well, I wonder if the manager just needs this deal for their own paycheck and their own commission check. I don't know that they have my best interest necessarily in mind right now. And I wonder if they've done the math for me, so the best thing that you can do to change the culture is hold the line and get better during this contract negotiation phase and then start to teach your colleagues and teammates around you don't keep information to yourself so you can stay number one on the leaderboard or whatever help everybody around you right if you go from one ae on the floor to two and three and four who start holding the line I think the culture starts to, to change. It's just the belief system now is that, wow, we don't have to discount in order to get a deal. People are paying full price during quarantine. People are doing two and three year deals right now and not just month to month deals. So the best way to change the culture as an AE is to get really good at this stuff and put it into practice and action and then go ahead and lead from the floor. Be sort of the would- captain, if you will and teach everybody around you what's what's working for you.
1: So building what Scott said, I would build a big part of this is communication, whether you're a rep or a sales leader, this applies equally. The angle is this, you're going to communicate proactively. Okay, kids, I, we are going to negotiate or discount less. Are we in agreement. If we do this, this is what it means to the company's revenues and margins this is what it means to your commission check. Now that means we're going to lose some deals. But it also means we're going to get some bigger deals. So we're going to circle back in 90 days' time and we're going to compare the average discount and what it means to the average reps, you know, increased commission check and the average margin for the company. And we'll compare and contrast. Are we in agreement on this experiment? If you communicate and get buy in and you understand how you're going to measure the results, it makes a dramatic difference and it makes it a hell of a lot easier because how can they say no to that? Anyway, that's just my point of view. Okay, here we are. Let's recap his post. He said a lot of things. He had three lessons in his post. He gave us more here. What he said was when it comes to discounting, handle, handle contract negotiation, because here you are, one, if you've done the job right and the value will be clear and powerful, so do the job right the first time. If you didn't do the job right, go back and do it again. Go back and do it again. When you get to that point, you need to hold the line. And as a rep and a sales leader, it's going to help you get better and make more money. Four, as different as things are today, they're still the same. Deals are still getting done, negotiations still happen, they're still signing long-term deals. So don't use that as an excuse. And five, and we've alluded to this already, but you're gonna make a shitload more money, as will your company. And that means you can go and buy that special, wonderful, brand new iPod 12.9 inch, iPad Pro, 256 gig with the magic keyboard, if that's what you want, that's what you can do. Or you can just, you know, reach out and buy yourself a cool mic like I've got. And then get Scott Lease on your show because he does every single show in the world. He's the man. Scott, I've had a lot of fun talking to you today, sir. Kids, you know where to find him. He's prolific on Twitter. He's on a zillion Zoom calls. He does an amazing coffee talk with Amy Volis. I love it. He was recently on the UK versus USA winning team. The grand debate where Scott was the team captain. And I might say potentially the MVP. That, my friends, is Scott Lease. A two-time panelists here on the Inside, Inside Sales Show. Thanks for joining us again, folks. We'll do it again next week. In the meantime, happy selling and stop your discounting.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prail, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft.